Hey, it's Tasha. And this is your girl, Ryan. And this is the Conscious Addiction Podcast. Get into it. Hey, everybody. I'm trying to find where the... Oh, there we go. You know, I got to check that new that tab and click off of it. Otherwise, I'll get feedback. Oh. I couldn't figure out where it went. Okay, we're good. Hey, y'all. We took a week off. <laughs> well, I mean, but it was appropriate. I felt like it was uh, more of a taking a temperature of the nation because whether or not, you know, we're political or whatever, it would be a little tone deaf to have come on despite, you know, just everything that was happening in the country and where people's mind spaces and stuff like that are. I just think it was an appropriate move. Yeah, because I had a little anxiety. Yeah. I still have a wee bit of anxiety. Um, what's going on? Huh? About what's going on? Yeah, about everything that's going on. Like, I just feel like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just like, like, that's the answer. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a um, episode of like House of Cards or, you know, some HBO television show, Homeland, you know, where you got a, a, a ruler that is a, a fascist and uses Facebook bots to manipulate the masses. It's, oh, no, that's a real thing. My bad. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, this is real. Yeah, that's a real thing that happened. Yes. It's, and it's just so crazy. And I just, you know, it's just crazy. And it's still crazy right now. Yeah. So I, I'm thankful that we took a took a beat last week to just kind of be. Yeah. Because there was so much going on, like just period. I read a post that was like, that's it. It was like, um, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like I'm watching a horror film and the villain just got killed, but it's 20 minutes left. <laughs> so <laughs> and so was, what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's pretty much on par with how I'm feeling. I'm feeling that, but I'm feeling a lot of other things too that, you know, are completely unrelated to what we're talking about tonight, but mm-hmm. we always keep it black. So I'm definitely concerned about black folks and what this means for black folks and, yes, you know, cool. all that. Yeah, it's feeling real um, nostalgia 2008 for me, only we see how that eight year <laughs> thing played out for black people and so I'm just at a place where I'm like okay enough with all of the symbolic and metaphoric and intangible wins for us like it's cute yes we're witnessing history but I'm just not at a place where I could just be like overcome with emotion super celebrity and excited I ain't gonna shit on nobody else's parade but I'm just like okay this is America yeah, for sure. The the crazy thing is that even though, well, I, the 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 beautiful thing I saw is that I've never seen a presidential candidate or a vice president um, elect specifically say thank you to black women. Like I thought that was incredible, but then after I heard it, I was like, so what y'all gonna do? You know. For this, right. for this black vote that you so uh, gracefully 
uh, accepted and needed. So, um, so we'll see. But at the end of the day, you know, we are going to be the only ones that save us. So that part. Saving. That part. Consistently, we are the only ones who are going to save us. Consistently. We are the only ones who we can depend on for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as y'all can see, we have a guest today. Yes. So we before we keep co-host. going, what'd you say? I'm the new co-host. Yes, welcome. <laughs> we got people and stuff. You know, we always appreciate that male energy. You know, me and Tasha get to cackling sometimes. Sometimes we need a little balance. A little- <laughs> And, and uterus is just being overdrive. <laughs> yes. I'm sure what just happened here, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> so introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you got going on, what we can expect. So I don't know what to expect right now. No. <laughs> so I'm uh, Tyrone Allen. I uh serial entrepreneur. Um, I do a lot of things actually. So one of my babies right now is that I own a healthcare company. And what we do is we uh, provide mental health and uh, therapy and uh, medical services to um, our brothers and sisters in the community that are coming out of uh, Department of Correction. So um, we were talking about the election earlier and then one of the the, the things that, that has always come up, especially with Joe Biden, is the 94 crime bill. And I think one of the things that's, uh, that's important is that, you know, he spoke about drug courts and one, that's one of the things that came from that 94 crime bill. So uh, for me, that's one of the things that has allowed me to um, help the community, right? Because a lot of our people have uh, gone to jail for you know, nonviolent offenses, um, sometimes drugs, and um, and a lot of them have mental health issues. So um, I was able to start an organization um, where we help. So we have a 20-bed facility for men uh, in Greenwood, Indiana. And then we have a 18-bed facility for women um, on the far east side, where all the players is at. You know what? Somehow I knew this was going to take <laughs> when a play is play. <laughs> listen, listen, I grew up. I grew up on Post Road on Forty Second and Post, so um, I feel like every time I get an opportunity, I'm gonna rep it. You know, because a lot of us, um, a lot of my friends didn't make it. You know what I mean? So whether it's prison or uh, whether it's death, you know. So um, what else? Oh, so we also um, own a church. Or yeah, so large 33,000 square foot church um, and we're gonna convert that into a sober community center, right? So think of a, think of a YMCA, right? So when a YMCA you come, you know, you swipe in and then you just get access to, you know, the gyms, the, you know, workout facilities or whatever. Uh, But what we're gonna do is provide mental health services and case management and uh, workforce development, um, a food pantry, um, uh, like a thrift store, you know, for those that need like clothes and shoes and things like that. Um, and then we also have a really cool thing that we're doing. Um, it's called TMS, where, you know, you basically 
it's a brain stimulator for those that are battling with depression and anxiety. Um, it basically helps rewire their brain um, for lack of a better word or phrase. Um, so we have that. And then uh, we just close on a, a hospital. And again, I'm from Post Road. Um, <laughs> so it's a uh, 56,000 square foot um, medical center. Uh, and it's going to house 176 beds. Uh, we're going to do detox. We're going to do uh, residential inpatient. We're going to do some outpatient stuff. Um, and then we have a medical uh, medical offices there. We'll have a pain clinic. We will have um, like a little a small surgery center. What else will we have in there? So yeah, so that's basically it. So that's what keeps me busy. That's what gives me all these grades. Um, doing doing a community work, you know, trying to to make sure that our people have access to mental health services, um, and that we just don't go back to jail for drugs. What are the names of your facilities and your companies? If anybody's looking you up or need help, need your service, what's the names? So Truth Treatment Centers, Truth Treatment Centers, and then uh, Revive uh, Medical. Okay. That's what's up. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for joining us. We're always grateful to our hosts, co-hosts, guests that come on and yeah. share this space with us um, and can appreciate and support what it is we do and what our visions are for the information that we put out. Um, tonight, we're gonna be talking about financial wellness. We need y'all to understand that anything we say is not to be used as, you know, <laughs> a hard law and fact to go forward and plan in your financial lives. This is just our opinion. Um, we are not financial experts, so don't come for us, all right? Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> you gotta do the disclosure. disclaimer. Yes, yeah. you have to. So it's time for our mindful moment. Ryan, you want to go first? Talk about what you're mindful of this week? No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I feel like I'm always mindful for the same stuff, but I am mindful for like-minded people this week. I have... Um, an insane village that um, I have locked arms with and have gained a ton of momentum with over the last, you know, I would say two years. And so when I think about having been doing this work for, you know, a little over 10 years and, you know, it's been like <laughs> the rabbit in the hair, like, you know what I'm saying? Super slow. And I feel like just over the last two years, I have really made some really good connections and um, collaborated with some really cool people. Um, life has brought people to the city and I have been able to link arms with them. And um, so I'm, I'm really thankful for that momentum and mindful of that momentum. And I'm mindful of just like-minded people because, you know, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we together. And it's just crazy, all the potential that we have. And so, you know, we all are in this like birth work kind of community, this birth work world, but we all have different levels of knowledge about, you know, business or just different levels of knowledge. And so when we all come together, 
I'm excited. <laughs> and so we've got some cool things in the works. And it's funny because, you know, you, you set your intentions and you make goals, you make plans, but to be in the space where you can finally like really conceptualize it, like you, it's like, it's tangible. You can kind of grasp at different aspects of what your vision is. That's insane. And again, like, you know, it's just truly just being, being connected and being willing to be connected, which is something that's on mind before, because I have been known to be a person who hated to work a room, who hated to network and talk to people and meet people. I was all no new friends. That was <laughs> before it was a thing. That was a thing for me. I was not super friendly and like wanting, not like I was mean, but I just have always been a person who didn't trust. And so I wasn't very open. And so to see myself grow and change in that way, um, my mentor would certainly be proud because she used to be like, baby, get out there and talk and always pulling me in to meet somebody and talk to this person and tag me in emails. And I used to be like, oh my God, like, I don't want to talk to these people. I don't know these people. And so the beauty in it is that um, you find your people. That's how you find your people. And so I'm super mindful of like-minded people today and growth. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. so, um, you want to go next? I mean, how can I follow that? <laughs> Let's see. So I am mindful um, about my time. Um, specifically, um, how I start my day, right? So I think it's important for us to, um, to take time first thing in the morning for ourselves, you know, because we end up chasing our tail throughout the day. You know, people are asking, asking us for things and, hey, we have these deliverables, these tasks. Um, so I'm mindful that I, I take that time for myself every single day. Um, and I meditate for 15, 20 minutes. Um, I, get, I get my stretch on um, and then I do something active, right? And I think that if I don't start my day like that, I am a savage. I mean, I I just I hate everybody. You know what I mean? So I need that for myself and y'all need it, y'all need it also. <laughs> so I'm mindful for that. And then uh relationships. So um I used to I've always had like a lot of friends and a, a large network, but it seems like as I've gotten older, um my network has become more like family in terms of uh, holding space for, you know, me to be vulnerable or for each other to be vulnerable um, and to share struggles and successes. And um, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, we, I think a lot of times we have these, um, these perceptions or notions that, you know, people don't support us or people hate on us. Um, but I, I try not to even allow myself to, uh, to think like that. Um, I always give people the benefit of the doubt, um, especially our people, you know, because I think that, uh, like I said earlier, you know, we're first generation a lot of times and sometimes we just don't get it, you know, and we don't, and I don't blame people for not getting it. Um, so the true and our, my, my true relationships and my friends, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them and uh, that's it. That's good. Yes. Follow that. <laughs> right. Go, Tasha. Go. <laughs> okay, hello. <sure>. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not hello. Listen, um, 
I am okay taking up my own space and being fine in my own lane. So we're not competing here. Right. Um, so I am mindful for two things. It's raining right now and um, I showered. Thank God I'm mindful from a shower. Um, before we started to record and I thought about the water and I'm just grateful and mindful of the rain and how, you know, some people don't like cloudy days and it brings them down and this and that, but I'm, I'm grateful for all aspects of um, our universe and the way things and elements work together because without the water, you know, we wouldn't have growth and food and all of these other things that come from the rain. So I'm grateful for that, like literally <laughs> and um, metaphorically. And I am mindful of just peace. Um, recently, I have been doing lots of work with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine and running some groups online, um, doing mind-body skills and um, kind of in the realm of stress management. Well, not kind of, in the realm of stress management. And um, I don't know if it was that. And I also did an um, RTT session with Jessica Gordon. She was on with us like a month ago. And so it's a rapid transformational, rapid transformation therapy um, with hypnotherapy. And so I'm like, I don't know if it was like the combo of those two things, but prior to all of that, like maybe a couple months ago, I was just really um, in an anxious headspace, just anxiety about everything, any and everything. Um, but recently I have just found myself extremely peaceful and not even like that I have lots of answers or solutions for what's going on. Things may even be a little bit more turbulent. <laughs> Um, for me personally and just generally, but I'm just peaceful. I know that everything is working for me. Nothing's happening to me, <laughs> you know, everything is happening for me and it's going to be okay. So I'm super mindful of that and just grateful. And some of you um, saw my post, I came out of the closet, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was misconception for Halloween. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> so um, it's been, it, it feels good to be able to say that and be like, y'all, you know, I'm tired as hell or I'm feeling sick or whatever, you know, just um, the process of growing a human being can take a lot out of you, um, can take a lot from a woman. And I have a two-year-old, so that's a lot too, but I've just been feeling really good. So I'm glad to be back. Glad that we're talking about what we're talking about tonight. I'm glad to have a guest. I think these conversations are monumental and not had enough within our community. And I think we could talk about this for multiple weeks and still not cover um, the ground that we need to cover as far as getting information out to people who look like us so that we can have a better you know, trajectory within our community. I too am mindful that you came out of the damn closet because every <laughs> single week I'd be like, okay, don't, okay. Trying to make sure that I don't ask questions that can even insinuate that you're having a baby or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be sometimes like, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, let me will it back because I don't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm healing. Yeah, I'm glad we can finally just talk about it out in the open because, child, I was stressed out every single week for however long we record because I'd be like, don't say nothing, Ryan. Well, it's been weeks, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I have a son in the oven. Everybody has been asking if I know what I'm having. So, yes, I'm having a baby boy. 
Um, as you can imagine, lots of emotions around um, giving birth to a black boy um, in this current climate and in our country. So yeah, but again, super peaceful about it all. Yes, congratulations to you and your family. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Here we grow again. <laughs> yes. We having things. We having things. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Yes. yes. So, okay. yeah, start the conversation. Yeah. So, we don't have an inbox report this week. Um, but, you know, we love when y'all get in our inbox and in the DMs and the whatever, text message, whatever. Last time I got a complaint on my text message. So, whatever y'all want to reach out to us, <laughs> y'all know y'all can hit us up. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's Get sedated705 at gmail.com. You know, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We are conscious underscore sedation on Facebook. Just type conscious sedation in the search engine and hit us up. That's right. And let me, can I just pref or, um, I don't know, let me qualify that we didn't have an inbox report. We do have things in our inbox. Okay. But those things are completely unrelated to what we're talking about tonight. And I felt like it would be um, maybe a misuse of time or very tangenty to talk about some of those things. So we'll save those um, and talk about them later. Tangenty. Is that like a word fix or? <laughs> <laughs> I just made it. Up. Go ahead. Urban Dictionary. Because <laughs> you might not find it at Webster's. <laughs> I support though. Thank if, you. If conversate is a word now. Okay. It certainly is. They have added it to Webster's. Yeah. Okay. Bootylicious, bling. All of these things. We did all of this in the, in the for, for the culture. We the culture. Okay. We need to uh, let me go ahead and trademark tendency. <laughs> do, do. Because I'm gonna start using it. <laughs> I'm gonna get up in front of a room full of people on a stage with a PowerPoint and say, this is real tangenty, whatever question you're asking. I don't, I don't think we have time for that now. Go ahead and email me. Right. That's gonna be too tangenty. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my credit. Tell it how you want to. Right. It's just, it's just your word. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that was a tangent. It's all right. Well done. So, I mean, so yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and open it up and just talk about financial wellness. And we're going to pick out maybe a few things here or there and then see how the conversation flows. Um, for me, some things that came up when talking about financial wellness, I was thinking about, you know, the holidays are coming up, you know, finances and all of that stuff are a big thing. We're in the middle of a pandemic that looks really, really different this year and just period. Um ways of building sustained financial wellness for yourself and for generations to come after you. I think generational wealth has kind of been like a tag word, tag phrase. Yeah, Recently, sure. it's on the, the lips and tongues of anybody um, that you talk to who's relatively conscious in the Black community. We're speaking about building, you know, generational wealth. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, a few of those things, life insurance and how to get there and we talked about credit a lot on our last episode where we did financial wellness. So I think there's lots and lots of ways to enter this conversation. Y'all go ahead. For sure. <laughs> I feel, uh, thank you for having me, first of all. I think uh, 
I'm, I'm honored to be here to, uh, to talk about this. And um, hopefully I can add some value um, and inspire and, uh, and just get people to, to think about money differently. Um, again, you know, being first generation, you know, college graduate and um, just having full access to everything that this country has to, to offer. You know, my parents, you know, my, let me rewind. So um, my grandparents were sharecroppers. Um, so ownership is very uh, near and dear to my heart in terms of um, the, the value and importance that I place on it. So um, I think it's important for us to, um, to, own some, to own some things, to have some things. Mm -hmm. um, and to also, you know, sometimes we're going to have to be disciplined, you know, we're not going to be able to go out and, you know, ball out on our kids for, you know, Christmas. Um, and if we have financial goals, um, and I also feel like, you know, we have goals for everything else in our life, except our finances. Um, you know, we want to lose weight, you know, we want to travel, we want to do this, um, but it's going to take some discipline and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think we, we have to get in a space where we're okay with being uncomfortable, but we can't have the instant gratification. Um, you know, we just focus on our mission. You know, if our mission is um, wealth and you know, generating significant amount of capital for us to do something in the community or for our families, you know, I think that's what we have to do. And we have to be, you know, have um, tunnel vision in order, in order to get there. I'm happy that you um, started from the beginning because I think that's an important thing to do first. If you are looking to make some changes, you kind of have to go back, right? And see where the generations before you went wrong. And me and my honey were talking about how we don't talk about money. We especially don't talk about money positively. You know, I can remember my mother, if we wanted something, um, I remember something very, very distinct where we had asked for something and she said, we were in the car, she pointed to the gas gauge. Look at this, you see this E? We're like, yeah, my mother was very strict, <laughs> right? And she's like, it means empty. You see this F? Yeah, it means full. And we were probably on E or like a quarter tank. So pretty much that was the don't ask for nothing, you ain't getting nothing, you know, whatever. And so um, I feel like most, talks, if any, came from a place of lack as opposed to a place of abundance. So why do you think that is? I agree. I'm going to put a pin right there. But I also, what, that was the thing for me too, is that we don't talk about money. Um, but like, I can remember when I was a little girl, my mother sitting us down and being very transparent, which was probably, she was very forward thinking in her time to have done this. But she thought I was like, this is how much I make. This is what comes into the house. And these are the bills. This is how we take care of the house. And this is what goes out of the house. And this is what we have left after. You know what I'm saying? Like, so she was starting something to have conversations about, about money and finances so that we could even just learn, mm -hmm. one, how to balance the checkbook, right? <laughs> but then just like, so, because sometimes I feel like that would help to tailor maybe that helps tailor what children ask for. If you know what it looks like, because when you're little, you just like, you want the world, right? You're innocent. And so 
Um, one, it helps. And so that also, I think, speaks to what you were saying, um, talking about having some tunnel vision. It would help a lot if you were able to sit down and have these conversations with your children. You know, no, mommy doesn't make $100,000 or maybe mommy does make $100,000, but these are the bills. And so this is how this works. And so we can't ball out for Christmas because we have these goals. And mm -hmm. so I think that that's, that's incredibly important. And I think we definitely, especially those of us who are parents, have to be incredibly mindful of so that we can continue, right? Share our tradition of, of talking and sharing stories, which is who we are. But like you said, Tasha, in a positive way about finances. So a uh, quick story. So my father uh, was, he grew up in South Carolina, small town. Uh, the town has one stoplight to this to this day. Wow, it still has one stoplight, right? So he was born in '56, right? So um, think about I love history. So think about what was going on in '56, right? You have desegregation, you have civil rights, you have um, Vietnam. I'm just going down the spectrum of time. Um, and then again, like I said, my my grandparents were sharecroppers, so I'm not even sure if my grandparents could read, but they understood money and they knew how to count um, and they knew how to farm and they knew how to hunt and they knew how to grow things. So my father, um, what he learned um, may not have been what we think is sufficient now, um, but I think it's up to us to take it to the next level. You know what I mean? So um, my, mother, my mother is phenomenal, she's a hustler. I mean, she's phenomenal with, um, you know, just saving, 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 saving. Um, and it wasn't until my older brother introduced their, introduced my fam family into, you know, mutual funds. He introduced them into life insurance, annuities and, that, and things like that. And then they were able to uh, generate uh, some wealth, if you will. Um, but for me, now, what I bring to the table is, okay, mom and dad, we need to invest. We need to invest into the stock market. We need to get into real estate. We need to do these things that's going to help us generate more wealth, that's going to allow us to own some things um, so that we can take it to the next level. Um, and again, we are young in this capitalist society. So, you know, I want to challenge us not to be hard on ourselves or hard mm -hmm. on our parents, but as soon as something sparks us, uh, to know, to learn, then now we're responsible not to go blow our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. That is so true. I thank you for saying that. I was think I was telling you, Tasha, that I feel like I have been having this feeling, this thought about um, really getting serious about money, in particular, like my, when I'm thinking about like retiring, retirement, like and like. I want to be old or not even old. Like I want to be in my 60. Mm -hmm. Okay. And be working because I want to, not because I have to. And it will not go away. Like I'd be like, girl, you're getting old. <laughs> you need it. It's time to be serious. It's time to like stop throwing money away, stop wasting money. Like it's time to get serious. So for you to say, once you have this idea to learn, now you're responsible for it because that just that was that was that spoke to me in volumes because you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, you're responsible. I mean, you know, I mean, we make we can do like we are the culture, right? So we can do anything that we want, but you know, 
what I'm learning now is, you know, I'm in spaces where people have access, they have wealth, and I just understand, you know, how, their mindsets and, and how they think. So then, so what um, me and my partner Ian Dunlap tried to do is create a platform and a stage, you know, to teach people um, how to invest, right? So a, a lot of us, we can save. I mean, if we probably have a couple grand into the bank, but if someone gave you $10,000 right now and say, well, can you turn this into 10? We'll be like, yeah, let me save it. Because if I save it and put it into a savings account and I get 0.025%, you know, I'll have, you know, $20,000 in 40 years. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's not, that's not enough, you know, and we're, and we're living in a time where the world is growing. Um, equity is, is increasing in different spaces. Um, and, and it's time for us to get in, to get in the game, to start having things. So how? So how, first of all, I think a lot of us, um, we, we work corporate jobs, right? Mm -hmm. um, so investing into your 401k and understanding what's inside of your 401k. Um, so if you, I don't have a little whiteboard, but imagine I had a little whiteboard, right? Mm -hmm. So if you invest into your, your 401k for, let's say, 30 years, first of all, we need to know the fees that are associated with um, our 401ks, right? So let's say it's 2%. So 2% compounded every year up into 30 years, you know, that's a fee that we're paying someone to manage our portfolios for us, right? So let's say if at the end of 30 years, you know, we have $500,000. Um, if we subtract those fees, we could have had $1.2 million. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So one of our things is you learn to invest on your own, right? You build up your nest egg and then you invest your disposable um, income into uh, to the stock market. I mean, that's where all the millionaires and billionaires are investing theirs into. Why not? Why not you? Mm hmm so um, for me, and I, I recently decided to do venture into this life coaching realm and financial wellness is one of the things that I work with. And my number one thing is like, okay, um, what is your history and what, do you, what have you learned about money? Like, what did your family teach you about money? So going back to the beginning, like I said before, but I think for people who don't have a 401k, who don't have a ton of money to invest or who's just living paycheck to paycheck or barely surviving, I think it's hard for them to have a vision for what building wealth looks like or even a concept for what that means. So for people who are, you know, maybe not a high school graduate, somebody who's the working poor for all intents and purposes, I'm not judging. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do people like this do? I mean, that's a tough question, right? So we live in a society that um, you, and, and, I don't, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but in our society, you pay for your ignorance, mm -hmm. right? So people make millions and billions of dollars off of us um, when we don't have things. Um, so for those individuals, I would say um, it's important to one, you know, get to a place where you have gainful employment. Um, if your company offers 
um, insurance, you know, buy that insurance, um, and also uh, let me rewind. So for those people, I think a lot of things, uh, I think one thing in, in particular that we, that our families could do to set us up is have life insurance. Yes. So all of us that have favorite aunts, grandmothers, you know, grandparents, if they had um, life insurance policies that you could have passed on to your kids, um, those things would have set us up in a different place. With that said, you know, we got to be responsible with that money. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us to, to start there. Um, but for the working poor, I mean, we have always been, well, I don't want to say we've always been, a, lar a large part of our community has always um, had battles with unemployment, but we always figure out a way. Um, mm -hmm. So I used to live in Baltimore and I would see people selling ICs, I mean, t-shirts, waters. I mean, we're a you know, innovative community. We can find a way, um, but we just have to do it. You know, and a lot of times we get to a point where we're just like, screw it. You know, let me go, let me go buy a bag of weed and smoke it and, you know, drink my, my life away or whatever. But mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to just stay on course. Um, and as much as possible, you know, find some help, find some mentors, um, you know, put in, put in a little bit of work, uh, libraries, you know, libraries are still open. They still have books, you know, um, there, there's a lot of things. There's no one answer, but there are things that we can do. You know, I don't want us to get into a place where we're just like, ah, oh, you know, we just have this nihilist, you know, sort of mindset about our conditions. But I mean, we, we found a way. I mean, if we can build the pyramids, we can figure out how to get $20 and turn $20 into, into $40. Okay. And that was going to be my next question was like, you know, you talk about investing in the stock market is truly like a good foundation or whatever into building generational wealth or generating wealth to start with. Um, what, what, what's a goal? Like, let's say I want to, I want to get in a stock market. Is it $20? What's a good goal in terms of like thinking about investing? And I'm thinking like thinking about what Tasha said and I, I'm the working poor and, you know, what's a good goal? Because I agree with you, Tasha. Some people can't conceptualize, even those of us who are not necessarily the working poor. Sometimes you'd be like, mm -hmm. where to go, where to start, you know? So what's a good goal for somebody could aim for having to invest? Are, are we talking about working poor? Are we just talking about? Let's talk about both. We'll talk about both. Um, well, I, again, for the working poor, I think, you know, we have to, I, I would suggest maybe, um, you know, working, doing whatever you have to do in order to build up your cushion, right? So if you're able to build up a cushion, um, I mean, there's so many things that we can do in terms of, uh, we can provide services, housekeeping, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we can do to, to, to generate some, um, some revenue or some income. Um, so start there. So build up your cushion. Uh, for some of us that have a little bit more, um, just put a little bit away. Now, um, a lot of platforms or brokerages have a fraction of shares um, in Cash App, right? So mm -hmm. if you open up your Cash App, you can buy stocks in the Cash App. So you may not have $108 to buy a share of Apple today, but you do have $50, right? Or maybe you have $50. Put that $50 in there. And hold it. You know, when you buy these shares of 
of Apple or Amazon or Microsoft or Lululemon, whatever it may be, you know, you just put it in there and then you just you leave it alone. You let it sit for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Um, and then during that time, it'll grow significantly. And then you will start having a little bit of, uh, of wealth to pass down you know, to your kids, teach your kids that also. Mm -hmm. What is the recommendation for retirement investing? Is it 10% of your gross? Um, I think it's, it's based on, um, you know, what your goals are and what your, your risk tolerance is. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, um, let's say if you're working and you have, um, if you, if you have the, the ability to, to save and do that, I think that's, that's important for us to, to do that as well. Mm -hmm. I think too, um, people, like you said, we are the culture, right? And um, because of colonization and enslavement and stuff like that in this country, we have been, um, we've been sold a bunch of lies about who we are, right? And we have so much um, majesty within us, but we talk ourselves out of our gifts a lot of times. And so for like the working poor, I would say monetize thyself, okay? You have gifts. There are things that you know how to do. Like for me, when I was a broke college student, I, I could do hair. That was my gift. And I was bumping perms and cuts and flat irons and cuts and all of that out of my dorm room. You know what I'm saying? I found myself to be very resourceful during that time. So that was ways that I made money. I learned about getting food stamps. And, you know, Ryan, we talked about this on the podcast before, how, you know, Black people, of course, who are descendants of people who have been enslaved, have complexes about certain things, right? But I didn't have any shame about cutting out my meal plan, becoming a resident assistant, and getting food stamps, and bumping hairdos out of my dorm room, because I realized that it was a means to an end. So I think that people who don't have a large capital to start with or lots of money on the front end to start with, find a way, make a way, hustle, scratch, borrow, you know, not borrow, scratch, claw, do what you got to do. You either need to decrease your expenses or increase your income, you know, one way or the other. And a lot of times that's going to mean cutting back, like you said, not balling out you know, on your kids for Christmas or not wearing everything that you make, not eating everything that you make. And, you know, I know that information sometimes is not through osmosis, but we have to be able to pay attention. Like most of us have pocket computers, you know what I'm saying? And, and you do pay for your ignorance and it's important for us to be able to find the information that we need. Yeah. So one of the things that I, um, that I, I just thought of while you were speaking is, you know, how we can save money. I mean, we, so we think about, you know, our Latin um, brothers and sisters, you know, mm -hmm. we laugh at them. We're like, oh, it's 65 of them in that two bedroom. Mm -hmm. But if you look um, on shit on, on, the, on the far east side, they got grocery stores. Mm -hmm. I don't know a black grocery store in Indianapolis. I mean, so that's a way to save some save some money um, and reinvest it, you know. But again, um, it also just takes some education, you know. I mean, like you said, we have 
computers here. I mean, we can figure out anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we figure out everything else. I was about to say, because the memes from these oh. politics and elections were like, NG, yeah. y'all hear me? They were pumping the memes and the gifts out immediately oh. with the soundtracks about you about to lose your job. So come on. I mean, we gotta, we gotta, and we gotta stop looking at money as a, a bad thing. You know, stop looking at um, the services and the skills that we offer that we take to the marketplace as a bad thing um, when we want to put a price on it. You know, if I have spent, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years uh, to master something and I bring it to market, pay me, pay me, pay me every single dollar that I think that is worth, right. unless I decide to give you a discount. Um, on the other end, you know, you're not paying for, you know, what I learned, you're paying for my mistakes, you're paying for my mastery, you know. Definitely. I also think that some of our idea or our thought about money, especially when we think about it in a negative way, um, is rooted in the church, right? Oh. That that good old scripture, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so I think that I, my personal opinion is that something that has been given to us and misinterpreted as a way of control mm-hmm. to prevent us from wanting to obtain um, money or wealth. But a lot of us completely buy, bought into it, right? And so it's something that not only do we buy into, um, but we've passed it on. So that could be what's rooted in some of the lack of conversation that we have at our dinner tables about money or how we, like you said, Tasha, you know, um, talk about, you know, full and empty or, you know, <laughs> you see this grocery bill and you want to eat, you know, <laughs> you got McDonald's money. <laughs> like a lot of it is rooted in the church. And so that's one of those things that is, it's, it's deep in the black community. And it's like, it's difficult to, to break it or to uproot it. And unfortunately, a lot of people even misquote that scripture. Oh, they yeah. say money is the root of all evil. For sure. quick, mm-hmm. And I do not ascribe to Christianity anymore, any organized religion, but I'm quick to be like, no, it says the love of. And you even know, still, it's okay to love money. Why you can't love it? Because some well, money, money does everything for you. You got to have a little money. You're in a, you're in a capitalist society, but somehow it's demonized prosperity only among us though. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It made it like, oh, you being flashy, you this and you that, as if we can't somehow have our heaven on earth. You know, we don't know about the afterlife. I know about this one. Listen. Yeah, listen. I'm having my things (laughs) right. Right. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to that. And I think, I think that, you know, we do ourselves a disservice to say that, you know, Oh, I don't talk about politics and I don't talk about money. Well, the people that talk about politics and run politics and money talk about it. So, and they use it against you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, um, we got to get into a space where we're okay with having things and getting money and, you know, um, but we don't want to be in a, in a space where we're, you know, doing some unsavory things for it. But we got to, yeah, we gotta we gotta step it up. We gotta but get the whole thing is if we were talking more about money, if we were teaching more about financial literacy, if we were not afraid to want money, then we wouldn't be slithering around doing unsavory things to get it because we would understand it'd be a solid foundation that it's okay to have something. 
you ain't got a snake and slither to get it. You know what I'm saying? You would be doing it in, in ways that can be truly beneficial for the entire community, for yourself, for your family, for everybody. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like I said, we're new to capitalism, you know, um, and we, we, we practice capitalism in a, in a different way, you know, by showing love and open our doors to our friends. And, you know, I mean, we just hopped on uh, this call and I'm already a co-host, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, it's all about balance. It's all about balance. So, yeah, I mean, we just got to educate ourselves and, and not be afraid. Um, and then also it's designed to be convoluted to where we feel like we don't understand it. And then we take our money, our, our hard-earned money, and give it to somebody who doesn't know shit about shit, you know? So... You know, we talk about, oh, well, my financial advisor, your financial advisor could not, I couldn't, he couldn't open up a chart and tell me where to buy a mm -hmm. stock or when to get out of a stock. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't know shit. He's a salesman. Let's, mm -hmm. let's put that out there too. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, I think that's great information because I was just telling my friend, like, I need somebody, I need a guy, I need somebody because I feel like. You are I'm who I've been waiting for right now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, let me give you a gem. So one of the uh, financial Bibles uh, that we subscribe to, um, Ian and I, Ian put me on this book. I don't know. It was years ago, but it's called Money Master the Game. Who is and on my dining room table is thick. <laughs> it's, it's thick, thick too, surely. <laughs> Say it again. Money, Money Master, Master the Game. game. Okay. By, Tony, by Tony Robbins. So okay. what he did was he spoke or interviewed the most influential investors um, in American society. And these people basically just broke down the game in a way that's palatable for us to understand. Um, so there's that book, there's um, Trading for Dummies or Investing for Dummies. I mean, those books are phenomenal. So they give you uh, the, the terms and then they break them down and they explain them because that's the thing that I think that gets us uh, confused is, you know, when we talk about, you know, I don't know, return on investment or equity, we're like, I don't know yeah. what he is, um, but it breaks it down in a way that's, um, that we can understand. Um, and then there's so many YouTube videos with people talking about finance illustrations, um, Get a kid's book. I mean, if you're really that, um, you know, scared or nervous about money, get a kid's book. That'll change the game. Okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about, um, which is near and dear to my heart, um, I guess we kind of share this passion you mentioned earlier, I think before we got on um, live, is, is ownership. And that is something that's really important to me. Um, I don't even know why it's important to me. Maybe it's something that was instilled in me because I can remember when I was younger, um, we lived in an apartment and own, owning a home in particular was really important to my mother. It was something that she valued very much. Um, her parents owned their home. So it was something that she really aspired to do. And so I can remember her like, working hard and like you said having that tunnel vision and like telling us to know on some stuff so she could reach her goals and of course she finally did reach her goals um and so my goal is even it's even larger than that because as a homeowner like now I'm like you know 
thinking of different things. Like I have, I have bigger visions. And of course, with me being, you know, a community, a community worker and, you know, I have goals for the community. Right. And so I feel not, you know, how, <laughs> how do you launch yourself into that um, arena? Because I feel like, you know, you hear, you hear whispers of people talking about, you know, foreclosures and, you know, of course, investing until you get enough money where you can have some, I guess, liquid funds, you could, you know, sell your whatever and have some liquid funds, but how, because of course, also, you don't want to just be having a whole bunch of loans, because that sometimes defeats the purpose, um, or maybe it doesn't. And so let's talk about that. How, how can people become owners home? I'm obviously beyond home, home ownership. I feel like let's talk about like owning businesses or things of that nature. Okay. So I'm going to drop a bomb. Okay. We ready. We ready. Right. So, <laughs> I'm like, hold on. So, <laughs> you put your seatbelt on. <laughs> so I am, and, and this is, this is a confession. Is this, is this a safe space? It's a safe space. <laughs> oh, 100%. So I do not own a home. I live in a luxury apartment. But I own assets through my business. You know what I mean? So it's just a different mindset of, you know, what your priorities are. So for me, and this is just for me, it may be... Um, it may be unpopular, but like for me, owning a home right now would not be an asset for me. Mm-hmm. So I want money to work for me. So I'll spend a couple extra dollars living in a luxury apartment um, and own, you know, hospitals, churches and houses and stuff like that. That's going to generate revenue and income for me. Mm-hmm. So then when I get to the point where I'm like, OK, now my assets will pay for my liabilities, what I think is for me owning a home is a liability. However, if you want to, th- there's a strategy buy and hold, right? We hear people talking about that where you're renting out you know, um, properties. Those are assets because those generate revenue for you. Sure. Um, so I think, I think that's important for, for me. That's why I think it's important is having rental properties that are generating a positive cash flow um, generating um, that brings money into the house that can allow you to buy your, you know, your fancy shit. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. heard that before too from many people who have said that owning a home is actually a liability. It's not, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're using your home to as an investment, right? But I mean, that's that's just that's just my. I mean, and there's no one way to do it, you know. I mean, my parents, you know, my parents, they, they own their home. They, they pay for it and, you know, they have some rental properties and just depend on what your goals are. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to figure out what's important for you and then you execute on those things. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, you ask, how do you do it? Uh, First of all, I think it's important to invest in yourself and that education um, and pay somebody to teach you uh, intern with them, you know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, we hate answering the phone and doing these these small tasks that get us away from, you know, the big things that we need to be focusing on. Tell somebody, hey, listen, I'll come in 20 hours a week and do these things for you um, if you can show me the game. Put in some sweat equity or flat out buy the program 
um, and go through the steps and, and do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. Some people are really willing to teach and some people are like, I got the game on lock <laughs> and not willing to teach or share their knowledge. And I guess it's just hit or miss. You just you get a couple no's and then you get a yes, I guess, like everything else, maybe. So my my philosophy, so I live in Atlanta, but I operate my businesses in Indiana, right? So when I was living in Indiana, that's all like, no, nope, I'm not, I'm cool. I don't have time for a meeting. So I got this thing called my fuck you list. <laughs> my fuck you list is extensive. And it's all the people who, you know, shitted on me, um, left me for dead in business, um, you know, talked down on me, just, you know, whatever. They're on my fuck you list. Um, but also my love list, my love list is a lot larger than my fuck you list. So if someone tells you no, or if they curb you, fuck them, go find somebody else, you know, go talk to somebody else, you know, um, use your network, um, to, to find people who know. And a lot of times the people who tell, you no, they cap it anyway. They're not doing it on the level that's going to be able to um, teach you anything or give you any value anyway. And, and they, they don't, don't want to be found out. Yeah. They, they don't want you to come in there and <laughs> be like, oh, oh so great, you don't really man. know. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, I, um, you know, I think it's also important for us to just, uh, you know, when the door's closed to just, shit, go knock on another door, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think, too, when it comes to home, home ownership, or ownership, period, uh, building wealth, period, it's important to be patient. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ian says this thing that I think is hilarious, but also true, like if you want excitement, go wrestle the lion or something like that, he says, or, you know, go try to have sex with one (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. That's what he says. If he comes home, he can say it himself. I done messed it up. But, you know, um, building wealth, is not a sexy thing. It's boring. If yeah. you are like on a slow and steady path, which is usually the best way to go, because if you're trying to set yourself up long, long term, you know, that's yeah. where you're probably going to see most of your gains without losing a whole lot. Um, I, my honey, it said to me, like you said, Ryan, um, and you too, Tyrone, like equity in your home doesn't mean anything unless you're trying to sell right? So if you're going to stay there, or unless you have like a two-family home or something like that, where you can rent out the basement as an apartment, it is a liability. You're not really making any money. Um, Thankfully, I was in a position to make some money off of my house when I moved from Indiana to Atlanta because I did some key moves, you know, in terms of my mortgage and how I paid it and all of this kind of stuff and then got out when the market was high instead Mm -hmm. of low. So all of those things are important, you know, before you try and do anything. And then I think when it comes to building wealth, because we're all talking about building wealth, building wealth, we're thinking about our families, like uh, put your oxygen mask on first. (laughs) So, you know, don't try and jump into this and you have like a gang of debt or a gang of poor habits, or you don't have the knowledge or you haven't done the sweat equity 
like Tyrone said, to try and get yourself positioned so that you could keep the money that you yeah. make. Um, don't be trying to invest in your kids and all of that stuff um, before you've already invested in yourself. Because I can tell you from just personal um, experience, I have a whole lot more comfort knowing that my mom is okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, she don't have to leave me a bunch of stuff. I'm just happy knowing that she's okay. Like, you're stable and I don't have to pay the black tax <laughs> for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then don't worry about me. You take care of you and I'll be fine as her kid. And it's my goal, you know, to do things differently for my children. But that's number one. Like, make sure you're good and then you can build from there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I think I posted this on Facebook and I was so sometimes my my Facebook Facebook persona is uh, like I try to drop gems, but I do it in a way that's like it just makes you think. I'm like secretly being an asshole, but I just want like, I really want people to just think about this, right? So um, when we were talking about mindfulness earlier, I, I was going to bring it up, but you know, one of the things that I think we, um, our culture needs to do is, you know, when we talk to kids, you know, we, we pour into kids and, you know, we show them, you know, these, these pictures of Michelle Obama or, you know, Kamala Harris or whoever, and like, look, you can do that. You can be whatever you want. But secretly, we don't have the confidence in ourselves to believe that we can do whatever we desire. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So we have to really be mindful of that and, and do the work to say, yo, I can't tell my kid that they can do something that I don't believe I, can, I myself could do. Mm -hmm. I want to add to like, um, I know it sounded like the home ownership thing. We were kind of like, mm. <laughs> but, but like to tie this into your medical picture, there's been studies done that home ownership increases longevity. It increases your health. Um, and so it is important for you to have a stable home. And if home ownership is something that's important to you and your family, there's a good reason why. And you definitely do set yourself for better overall health um, while the, leaving the opportunity to you know, have something back for your kids, for your family, when it's time for you to go. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you for saying that, because I think sometimes I can, um, I talk about home ownership, but I mean, yeah, that is something that I absolutely am going to do. But for my goal, my goal is to have more uh, rental properties that will actually pay my, my mortgage, so that I don't have to pay it out of my um, my, my income, if, if you will. So home ownership is important uh, in terms of having things. Mm -hmm. and, and then also if you're in places like, um, shit, Indianapolis, I mean, downtown, I mean, you could have bought one of those, one of those houses on Delaware, Pennsylvania Park, you know, for 50 grand. And now they're a half a million dollar houses. So um, it's all about timing, right? So we talk about stock market, we talk about real estate, you know, we have to get in at the right time because if the market hit an all-time high today and then you say, oh, the market hit a high, I'm going to go jump in right now and start buying up everything. You're buying it at a, at a high. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come back down. Um, so that's, it's the same thing with real estate. Like I want, um, I want a deal that is, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want a deal for me where I can, you know, make some money, but I'm not gonna, you know, jump into something just because of the emotional 
feeling that I get by holding up some keys and said I, I bought my daughter's house. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect. Yeah. And are there also ways to make your like you know having owning a home work for you right like I know that they're tax for tax purposes if you own a business right you can set aside a certain square footage of your home to dedicate to your business and have some tax write-offs and things like that so there are some ways to make it work for you but like we said when we started the the podcast that everything ain't for everybody glean what you need spit mm -hmm. out the seeds right Mm -hmm. And if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. So um, every there's no right or wrong way, right? There's several different paths that we can all take. Like you said, Tyrone, just depends on what your goals are. Yeah. What what's gonna work for you? So. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I, so I can't see any comments. So I don't know if I'm getting slandered. But if if so. <laughs> no, people are enjoying it. I, we we've got some good comments. Mario just said, "Bro, that's good info." Um. No, we, we haven't gotten, you haven't, no, no complaints yet. Now, let's be clear. In our history of the podcast, okay, three years or four years of, of us podcasting, we've only received one complaint. <laughs> pretty good. Those are pretty good odds. That's like a 99 point, I don't know, nine, seven. Yeah. You need so, to satisfaction. I'm about to turn this shit up, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, so either our <laughs> listeners are scared <laughs> yeah. or we put out good stuff you know yeah that's good that's dope that's good though yeah now i have heard this one thing and i was just like this when i heard it and i believe that a lot more people think this um but won't say it but i heard this one person make a comment about life insurance specifically that was like i ain't trying to make y'all rich when i die and I'm like, why not? You gonna die anyway. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think it's a fair way to go through, through life to feel like I'm going to withhold something from you that could really be a gift and set you up and put you in a different space. You know, if, especially if I couldn't really give you anything through my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do, why do people think like that? Again, I, mean, I think it's just a just a miseducation of money. I mean, a lot of times people, we have this scarcity mindset, like, oh, I can't do this for you because it's not going to be enough for me, or, you know, I can't leave you this, or, um, you know, one of my homegirls, Jennifer Norton, I don't know if you guys had her on the show yet, but if not, phenomenal. She talks about estate um, planning. Yo. She is amazing, black woman, attorney. Um, I mean, she puts the game on in terms of like what you need to do to prepare, you know, putting your, um, your assets inside of a trust, you know, the, the pros and cons of having a wheel. You know, there's a lot of times where, um, you know, my grandparents passed before, you know, I was able to understand the value of having a trust or, you know, the proper type of life insurance. So my grand, my grandparents paid into a fucking life insurance policy that paid out 250 bucks wow. at that. You know what I mean? Um, but if my parents weren't, uh, you know, disciplined, you know, we would be, we would have had a fucking GoFundMe, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, we just have to, those people, they just don't have the education and I don't even blame them. You know, I would probably do 
do one of these if I heard that. But um, for most of us, we need life insurance. That is a, a that is a guaranteed way to pass down some wealth. Mm-hmm. Period. It's only a guaranteed way to passing down wealth if the people you passing it to have some education information about how not to misuse it. Because people, I see people all the time get insurance policy. You know, they cash it, cash it in, and then don't do nothing with it or anything for that matter. Taxes, right? Like sometimes we just don't know what to do with that sum of money, and so then we think we ball in, and we ball out literally. <laughs> Yeah, so my brother, my, my older brother says this. So he was a uh, financial advisor. And um, whenever my family, if we come together or if you kick it out of my house or we out, we're talking about business. We're talking about politics. We're talking about money. Like, I don't give a fuck about sports. I don't give a fuck about television. None of that. You know what I'm saying? So we are going to inspire people to want to do, um, to do better. You know, I think that's important for us to also do with holiday season coming up. You know, let's learn something and share those resources with the family, you know, rather than sitting back eating flesh. (laughs) I also think that many of us have to get out of this mindset. And Tasha, we have talked about this in terms of parenting in general, about this whole I I pull myself up by my bootstraps mentality. Like I had to struggle. Like, so when I think about you saying somebody said, I'm not going to leave y'all no whole bunch of money so y'all can be rich or whatever. Like, that's what the first thing that popped into my mind was like this whole pull your bootstraps up. Like I had to struggle. I made myself like, I'm like, you know, like you need to, you need to feel the struggle. You need to work hard to (laughs) like, we have to get out of that mindset. I'm trying to blaze a trail for mine. I'm trying to make a path. Those people will talk out of both sides of their mouth and say, on one hand, maybe two, not those people, their families, they will say to people outside of their family, I want my family to do better than what I did and da, 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 da. And inside the household, they're giving a completely different message. Yeah, again, I don't, you know, I have family members, you know, like that, but also I can't. I can't blame them for what they don't know. You know what I mean? It's like taking financial advice from somebody that's housing insecure. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we just can't listen to those people and allow those people to, uh, their, their narratives or their nuances to, to, to jump on into us. Um, a lot of those people, they don't have anything to pass down anyway. So that may be a misdirection. You know what I'm saying? I'm not leaving nothing for y'all. They look at their account, four dollars. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to leave for y'all. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, even even that kind of stuff, there are messages and lessons to be learned. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I think um, Ryan, another thing we talked about as far as black parenting and what that looks like, parenting under this guise of what's respectful and what's disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Like talking about money is disrespectful. Asking a black parent about money or how much money they make or whatever. Like even now, um, having conversations like, "Hey, ma, do you have life insurance?" might give you a little bit of something in your belly, where you be feeling like, "Hey, uh, I kind of maybe need to ask you a question." And you definitely need to know that because you're gonna be the one left with the bill if they don't have it. 
I'm 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 pulling up, you know what I'm saying? So luckily like my parents, you know, they're they're prepared, you know, for uh for death, you know, when it when it when it'll come. You know, we're my brother and I are on their bank accounts, you know, they have trust, they have wills, they have life insurance, they have, you know, other investments. So and I mean these are people without, you know, college educations and you know, my grandmother when she passed, she didn't leave shit a bunch of drama that's what she left but um but it's again it's up to us to take it to the next level so we have to have those tough conversations with our parents and mama may not like it but you know if if mama doesn't want to have that conversation and she doesn't have life insurance then we're gonna we're gonna have to put mama in the cup you know i'm not going into debt because you weren't prepared put you in the cup you know, it's only seven fifty to put you in the cup. Mm-hmm. I hear the look. <laughs> Not slamming down on the table like the big joker. You going in a cup, mama? You going in a cup? Like, he didn't even say the pine box. He said you going in a cup. Mama the going in cup. Oh no 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 no! Don't use that cup, mama. In that cup. <laughs> that's my mama cup. Goodbye. <laughs> my mama biscuits. That's my mama cup. right yeah i think too that's another source of illness you know um not just for grief wise but like how much harder is it for you to experience a loss and then have to deal with the financials and all the fallout and the drama and all of that and you know not to compare but i'm gonna make a comparison how you know people talk about how white people will die and they have the services like a couple days later and those people are able to grieve and go on with their lives. Well, that's because these kind of conversations have been had and things have been laid out. Grandma, mama, whoever done paid for their plot like 30 years ago is gonna be next to granddaddy and this is what I want. And they're not, not having those conversations, you know, whether they're afraid to do it, they do it anyway, even if they're fearful. And I think it, it makes the grieving process a little bit easier, it has to. Yeah, yeah. I think also they stole a lot of shit before they died, so they ended up. Of course, of course. Of course. That's a very important thing to include. No, but that's factual. I mean, they they have different ways of life that we we don't know anything about, and we're just now learning. It's 2020, and we still having firsts within the black community. You know what I'm saying? And we've, quote, been free for how many years? And so we got a lot, lot, lot of ground to make up. And we have to be courageous. Like you said, a lot of times, first generations, we got we to gotta be courageous and go first and do what's necessary to move us, to propel the community forward. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's real. That's right, that was disrespectful. I'll take that back. Let me strike <laughs> You don't I don't believe from the white people steal everything. There's, there's no striking from the records they, here, sir. They do a lot of stealing. No, no that stands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we live, so. But that's, I mean. Yeah, we live. We, we can't, we can't hey. edit that out. <laughs> we live. So, you know, if this were previously, I'd be able to edit some stuff, but you know. Can't. You just gotta own that. You just gotta own that. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> they know they're stealing. Stole. Ain't never stop. <laughs> right. They, they can steal all the mayonnaise they want. 
<laughs> coleslaw and all that. We the whole culture, okay? That's what, that's what to, we know. That's what they know and we don't know. Yeah, I'm we trying to get some complaints. The whole culture. What'd you say? I'm trying to get some complaints if you can't tell. You are so crazy. <laughs> you won't get none from this audience. They know we here for the culture. For sure. It's called conscious sedation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> conscious sedation. Um, one last thing that was on my list to talk about, um, <laughs> Ryan, that tickled you, but Ryan, <laughs> you had posted about this some months ago and we brought it up during our relationships talk about partnerships. And I feel like it's important for you to partner with someone who is going to drive you in the direction that you want to go. So partner for prosperity. And that is in life in business, you know, whatever. And so Tyrone, I don't know if you saw Ryan's post, but she talked about other than financial, what it, what's the reason to get married, right? And so um, as I got a little bit older in my mm -hmm. life, I kind of threw away the horse and pony show and the fairy tale mm -hmm. and wanting to be married for all of the reasons that I was told as a young woman that I should want to be married and shifted mm -hmm. my perspective about what marriage really is, especially within our society. You know, mm -hmm. commitment between two people, but it's also a marrying of finances. It's a marrying of values. It's a marrying of debt, <laughs> you know, and all of these different things. So I think it's important when you partner, pick a good partner. Come on. I, I was waiting for the choir to, the choir to go off. <laughs> Open the choir. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. I think um, marriage is a business, you know, so I would, I, I don't, I don't believe in, let me, let me see if I'm going to say this. So I think it's important to be compatible, but if, if love is the only reason why you're getting married, that shit's doomed, big doomed. Um, <laughs> But I, but I think it's important, just like you have uh, goals for your life, I think you got to have goals for your relationship and your partnership. Um, and, and that just keeps it fresh. That just keeps it, um, just keeps it focused. You know what I mean? But keeps um, it fresh and it keeps it focused. I like that. Um, bars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag a bar. Bars. Yeah. But, uh, for, for, at least for men specifically, I think if we if we choose the right partner, um, they'll catapult us into some some next level great shit. However, if we don't, so my my two biggest fears was child support and homelessness. It, it it'll take you right there if you choose the wrong partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny oh. when I say to people all the time that marriage is a business and people look at me like I'm cold, like I'm heartless, like, bitch, what did you say? Can I sit on Look, can I sit on my podcast? I got real comfortable. <laughs> that's, what, that's the look I get. Like, why would you say that? You know, people tell me all the time, like, you're, you're, um, what's the word? Uh, people say, um, Oh my God, I just lost it. Jaded, like I'm, cynical, say it again. Jaded, cynical. All those things. Yeah. Like I'm sabotaging myself before I, like, no, 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 no. Marriage is a whole business. 
that's making the assumption that that's what you want but that's a different conversation because that's always a different conversation right yeah yes and so i completely agree with you that um yeah that that yeah everything you said it's a a business and uh perpetuity Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean and you know as also like you know as an entrepreneur shit (laughs) eddie half (laughs) yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying but also i think i think it's also important to, to to make sure that like you know you choose the right partner you know um like i said you become the best version of yourself um but you know we we have to be realistic about what marriages are and what they're designed for um i mean i believe in love and all that shit makes you feel good um but those are temporary feelings you know when life starts happening you know when parents are sick and you know when you lose a job and you know somebody you know their credit score they forgot to pay a bill shit get real you know, absolutely mm-hmm. I can yes. see what marriage looked like before colonization like for for African people or indigenous African people because I feel like right now anything that we're existing in is like this bastardized version and you know marriage licensing and all of that stuff came as a result of you know capitalism and white supremacy in the United States I, I would be curious to see what that looked like way, way, way back before, you know, everything else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I, I think that that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, you know, uh, one of my friends, we were talking about um, relationship models. Um, I think that we have adopted relationship models. We've assimilated to um, Western culture that doesn't necessarily work for us um, in terms of like relationship models. I mean, you got, you know, I'll just throw it out there. You got polygyny, you got all kinds of other models that probably would work for our community. But, you know, when we think of these things, we automatically, you know, shame them. I could never do that. But, you know, if it's for the community, then I'm with it. I'm with all of that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta go get a license. I mean, you gotta go do these things. And, you know, I think that if we get back to our African minds, you know, we'll, I think we'll be in a, a better space to just navigate this treacherous mayonnaise filled 55% vote for Trump um, terrain that we're on right now. I think before colonization, because, you know, you got to recognize the fact that Africa was also colonized. And so those traditional no, models are even gone. That. Right. And so I'm, that's what I'm getting to. So, um, you know, arranged marriages, even if they were not like a, like blind, like double blind arranged. Mm-hmm. Marriage has always been about wealth. It is always been about pushing one family or both families forward even if it was you getting a cow in exchange for for my daughter right like it's always been about wealth it has never in 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 indigenous cultures i will say traditional indigenous cultures been about that gooey feeling that we all want to get when we're getting married like it's not of course you can have that 
But that has not been the foundation of that partnership, of what marriage right is. It's always been about pushing the entire family forward, moving families forward, moving communities forward. How does this benefit for us, for our two families to come together and be one family? Why? Mm -hmm. What's the benefit? Mm-hmm. And we've lost that along the way. We it was we were colonized. It was colonized out of us <laughs> along the way. <laughs> and so where people don't even consider it now. And now people look their nose down, right? At at arranged marriages. Like, I can't believe you would ever do that. Why would you do that to your daughter? Why would you why would you do that? Yes, I think I think people should be more, I mean, think about it, right? So we have you know, when you're looking on social media, you, you, you see all, I mean, you see women who only post about relationships and it's in a negative context, right? Um, and it's men ain't shit and, you know, for men, blah, 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 and women and narcissists. But I'm like, these are, these are people who desire to be married. I mean, think about that. Like you are practicing, you are taking, you are taking these, these practices into a long-term situation and you think that you're miraculously going to turn into wife material mm. you know um and then for, even for men i mean we we go around and we you know we we want to conquer and we want to have as as many women and we don't you know we're not taking care of our business and then you know we find one woman and be like oh i love her i want to marry her but our shit ain't together you know what i'm saying and then we get into these relationships you know oh she's not listening it's because you're shitting together like why would she follow you <laughs> You're shitting together, you know what I'm saying? You don't have a car, you're shitting together. You have never <laughs> been, you haven't been to the dentist in five years. You're shitting <laughs> together, you know what I'm saying? Get your shit together. And then you wanna, oh, you know, I'm the king and follow me. Get your shit together. So I've been a I'm sucker. Myself. Just suck it. <laughs> we need to have you on to talk about some other stuff. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm co-host. report was about like, um relationship of men yeah and you know masculinity Listen, let, me get my, let, me, and... let me get my co-host badge you know give me <laughs> a little ring light yes the ring light <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy you can get like a tripod or you can get one that clips right onto your computer mm-hmm. all that i'm with all that well, I, I feel like that like pretty much covered everything that I wanted to talk to maybe this time around. Um, I don't know if we're going to have Ian on next week. We're supposed to. We'll see. I don't know. He, you know, big guy now. He was in Forbes and all of that. So he may be too big. <laughs> you may be Yo, too big. I, a little dog, old us, you know. My dog, my dog was in Forbes, you know, and that's one of the things like, you know, we talking about, um, you know, investing and we talking about like business and just like patience. I mean, no bullshit. I mean, he he worked his ass off. You know what I'm saying? And he's he's on an incredible run right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because he worked his ass off. I mean, when I go to Houston, he hates when I tell the story. But when I go to Houston to visit, um, his his house is like a war room. He, like he literally does not leave his house. I mean, he is like sacrifice all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? So. Um, order food in and you know instacart mm-hmm. um, smoothie king knocking on the door you know what i'm saying but um he's he has the ability right now and i told him like he's like the the light-skinned marcus garvey of the culture mm-hmm. um 
And if people listen to him, you know, on those market Mondays, he drops the gems. He tells you exactly what to buy, you know? So if you're tapped into market Mondays uh, with Ian and earn your leisure um, and you don't get, you know, you're still like, I don't know what to buy. Get your shit together. It's because it's you're not listening. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's definitely um, picked up a lot of speed since 2020 has been his year for some, for a lot of people mm-hmm. it hadn't been 2020 been on for him. Um, and I really admire the way he talks to us. And he's unapologetic about talking to mm-hmm. Black people about what to do to better Black people. And this is the situation that Black people are in. And so when I was added to you guys' group, I think one of my, my very best friends added me to y'all's group either late last year or early this year. I was like, oh, I really can appreciate his style. And then Market Mondays popped off. And then his Insta popped off. And I was just like, hmm, let's see. You know, we all from Gary GI Connection here. Let's see okay, yeah. if he'll come on the show, you know. Yeah. And then I looked on the group, saw that you were an admin and you and Ryan are mutual friends. So I was like, hmm, let's see how this can work out, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah he's done a lot to help the culture at this point. Mm-hmm. And his programs are extremely expensive, but you don't have to buy a thing from him in order to benefit and he's okay with that because the people that can afford it already part of his stuff and he's not feeling like there's not enough for everybody else he i feel like he gives away plenty yeah so the programs are expensive and they're designed that way because he working a lot of people bullshit and they don't do the work mm-hmm you know so um but you know he he just he launched that uh the few the free futures program. I mean, if you tap into that, I mean, the the, the futures, the future side of, of of investing, that's a whole that's a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. So just for you know, um, people who may not be tapped in, <laughs> go ahead and drop some of them Facebook group names, even if you just drop one or two, just so people can tap in if they would like to. Um, that you guys are speaking of. Oh, what do you say that one more time? My bad. I was saying just because some of the people who may be listening may not be tapped in or may not be a part of these Facebook groups or um, the you guys talked about the Market Mondays. How can people access the these groups, this information, you know, so that they can kind of, you don't have to do all of them, maybe one or two. Gotcha. So we have um, uh, Masters of Investing um, was a, is the Facebook group. So uh, if you if you send a request, put in your information um, and DM me, uh, let me know so that we're, we it's kind of closed right now. Um, but if I if anybody that's watching want want to want to get in, um, I'll go in and manually uh, add you. Uh, you can go to joinredpanda.com um, and sign up uh, for any of the the newsletters. Um, he also drops a lot of. Uh, uh, gyms and free programs in there uh, then you can follow Ian on um, Instagram the master investor um, and he drops a lot of a lot of gems on there also um, I'm always the one in like the background just yo do this do this no no do this you know what I'm saying so um, and it's you know he is he is the master um, of, of his his industry you know what I mean so uh, the beautiful thing about us is that you know, I'm in healthcare, you know, he's in finance, 
Uh, we got another another young brother, um, our first round draft pick that's uh, that's doing real estate investment. Right. And this young brother, this young brother, come on, it's gonna be a game a changer. Um, but you know, our goal is to to just build a space where you know we're all um, doing our thing and we're sharing and giving to the culture. Um, and we can just show that love and, and just see us flourish. Because a lot of times, you know, we talk about, you know, when you talk about the black community, you talk about, you know, trillion dollars in spending power. Um, but I want to hear us talk about a trillion dollars in investing power and um, having equity and having things and, you know, just really running up the scoreboard because we have talent in our community. Um, I think if we partner, um, if we show that love and we come from a place of selflessness, we can we can go crazy, you know. We can really go crazy, but you know, it's um it's gonna take some time and it's gonna take some patience, and it's gonna take you know uh, people like you ladies having platforms and sharing, you know, talk about mental health and you know parenting and all of that is all intertwined. You know what I mean? Because you know one of the things you know twenty twenty has been uh, great for both Ian and I, but I mean we we've been going through some shit. You know, mm-hmm. some real, some real life shit. And we still, um, we still been, been putting on and, and going crazy. Um, that's why I, was, you know, I said earlier, you know, meditating and, you know, grounded, being grounded is important because we go through some shit for real. Mm-hmm. Very good. So my last thing is give us one to three things that we could do today or tomorrow in 24 hours to drop just a drop in the bucket just what yeah. kind of seeds can we start planting one to three things that we can that everybody can do yeah. right within your within your wheelhouse within your whatever skill right first thing most important thing is talk to mama and daddy about life insurance because <laughs> you don't want to be in that cup and not banging that. You don't want the cup, mama. Okay. Okay. Don't want to put mom in the cup. All right. Um, life insurance. Um, so a lot of people, and I and really quick, so a lot of people uh sell whole life or I'm a fan of term um because it's less expensive, um, it's more palatable for us. Whole life gives you more opportunity to fuck up your policy by barring against it. You know what I'm saying? So I like term, it's cheaper, you know, for you can get a term policy, $200,000, $300,000, 40, 50 bucks. Um, So that's one. And then I would also say buy Apple, buy shares of Apple um, every single month if you can. I think it's about a buck, it's about a $108 or something right now. Um, like, by that, <laughs> you say what? I think it's at one seventeen. The last time I yeah. <laughs> buy 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 a share of Apple, or um, if you don't want to buy Apple, you can buy um, a Vanguard fund. Uh, the ticker symbol the ticker symbol is V O O. Ticker symbol V O O. Um, it's a little pricey, but again, you can buy fractional shares on most uh, brokerages. Um, so V O O. Apple. Don't. Um, and then the, la- the last thing that I can say that we can do immediately uh, is get active. Um, get active. 
take care of our health, um, decide to stop eating so much meat, um, you know, go to the doctor. All this is connected. This is my third one. Go, go to the doctor, um, do something physical, stretch, walk, run, jog, burpees, whatever. Just get active, get your heart strong um, because you can't uh, generate um, generational wealth if you did, I ain't gonna bring mama back because mama, mama love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Those are three easy things that we truly can all do. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. So um, we usually do a nurse's note at the end of our show. And so that was probably yours, <laughs> Tyrone. Mm -hmm. Ryan, you have anything to add? Um, mine is going to be, you know, start today. Um, you know, we always put off what we could do today, right? And so start now, start today. And then I am preaching to me as the choir, because like I talked about earlier in the shift that I have this voice to, to get started has not gone away. And so for you, Tyrone, to say, I'm now responsible for that. I, I am a person who fully, I want to leave no rock unturned. When I leave this earth, I want to know I have done everything I was supposed to do. And mm -hmm. so I am super motivated and super encouraged to just get going. Like I do certain, you know, I'm doing, I'm not, not doing anything. I'm not, not doing nothing. Right. <laughs> but I know that it's go time. And so I'm never going to be like, today's going to be gone tomorrow and so I need to get started now and um so that that's my thing you know go get started get moving whether that's like you said getting a children's book and teaching yourself or whether that's joining some of those groups that we talked about that are are sharing you know um free information whether that's investing and taking the class whether that's going out and you know saving your hundred and twenty dollars and buying one share of apple right like you said every pay do something go that's my nurse's note. Yeah. The time is now. Right. And the time is right now is all we have. Um, my nurse's note is, like I said, going back to a little bit of my own like financial wellness coaching. So figure out what you've learned about money and challenge what it is you've learned if those things and principles are not working for you. Um, number two, get a budget put it on paper, like put your hand and pen to a paper and write down all of your expenses and all of your income so that you can have a real look at what your finances are and, and what's happening because that's when shit really got real for me and I got slapped across the face is when, you know, I looked at my budget, this was monthly and I was spending $600 on clothes, okay? So it's important for you to formulate a budget, get that together. Additionally, um, sleep on whatever purchase that you want to make for 24 hours. So try to cut back on your impulse buys. And if you can, buy a cash. Um, try to wing yourself off your credit and your credit cards. Get your credit together. And then buy a cash. If you can't afford a cash, guess what? <laughs> can't afford it. What'd you say? Get together. <laughs> Right, get your shit together. And then, you know, and then go buy whatever it is you feel like you've budgeted for. And those are my nurses' notes. 
Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to thank you for your time. And you said you were not an expert, but I feel like we got a ton of expertise from you tonight. And I, you know, I'm always super mindful and grateful for people's time because I know time is money. <laughs> and sure. I know you could, what'd you say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I just appreciate you. I know we've been, you know, playing text tag, trying to figure out what time was going to work, when the space and all things are divine. And I feel like, like you said, Tasha, when we were talking earlier, this is like great timing. Um, it's always a good time to talk about money, right? Facts. And so I think that um, this is great. I am motivated and rejuvenated. And um, so I appreciate you for coming on and doing that. Hopefully some of our listeners, you know, are feeling the same way or will feel the same way. Um, and hopefully we can break some generational cur curses. And like you said, Tasha, um, see money and the way we think about money, what we've been taught about money through a different lens and um, change the narrative for all of us, not just for our families and our generations as individuals, but for us as a people, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you ladies for having me. Um, I had a blast. Um, I was trying to get some complaints, but hopefully <laughs> I don't have complaints. Um, I appreciate it. I, I absolutely love the platform and how you, you guys intertwine, um, you know, the mental health space and entrepreneurship and relationships and all of this stuff that, you know, keeps people up at night. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming. Like I said, we hope to have you back. We hope to have you and Ian back next week if you guys um, can make time in your schedules for us. I am so grateful for the information that you shared. I feel like it was like amazing, you know, organic conversation about real life stuff and some technical things too. So thank you. Um, for anybody who wants to get a hold of us, get in our DMs, inbox, or whatever, you can email us at guestthedata705 at gmail.com. We can be reached on Insta and Twitter at conscious underscore sedation. And on Facebook, just search conscious sedation podcast and we'll pop right up. We are so grateful for everyone who's listened to us tonight and who will listen to this later. Um, give us all of your feedback. We love it. This is a good one. So listen to this one twice. I know I am. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. I can end the meeting, maybe.